Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 129. Four reasons podcasters should be blogging with a special guest, Miss Eileen. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. This time around, though, instead of talking about podcasting, which you're very used to, we're going to talk about blogging. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about blogging in a podcast about podcasting, but the reason is that I think you as a podcaster, I assume you're a podcaster if you're listening to this, but if you're not, that's okay. You should start a podcast. What's keeping you? Check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting if you want my help to help you launch a podcast. But I think if you already podcast, you should also be blogging too. I fall short of this many times and really struggle with writing some blog posts, but I found some great inspiration from this conversation that I had with our special guest for this episode, Miss Eileen from, well, she's got several websites, basicblogtips.com, misseileenspeaks.com, and basicpodcastingtips.com. Now, her name, just in case you tried to look her up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, her website address, all of that, it's I-L-E-A-N-E. So it's a slightly different spelling, just one L in it. But Miss Eileen provides some great conversation points for us that she shares with us four reasons that podcasters should be blogging to. And she helps us figure out, well, if you've got some content, should it go in your blog or should it go on your podcast and how transcriptions can maybe help with some of these issues. And also, if you're already podcasting and you're thinking about getting into blogging on the side of your podcast, we talk through some great ideas of ways that you can get started blogging, even if you're afraid of writing and don't feel like you would be any good writing a blog post. We've got some great tips for you, and I really enjoyed this conversation with Miss Eileen. Now, all of the links and information that we share in this will be in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 129. So you can check that out and follow along with this or get the links that we mentioned there at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 129. So Miss Eileen, thank you so much for joining me in the Audacity to Podcast. Oh, Daniel, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. So my audience can get to know you a little bit and why you're such the perfect expert to talk about blogging and podcasting. Tell us a little bit about your experience with blogging and your success there. Well, Daniel, I'd like to start off by giving you a little bit of background. Uh, I like really telling the story because it gives me a chance to laugh at myself. (laughs) I've been in publishing, my day job is in publishing for 30 years, but I never knew anything about RSS feeds and all of that kind of stuff. So back in 2009, my daughter came to me and she said, Mom, I started a blog. And I was like, oh, great. I, I got to follow my daughter's blog. I mean, you know, she was doing, uh, she was talking about finances and all that stuff because she actually graduated from Temple University in business and finance. But she had like a really funny twist to her blog. So I went and I checked it out. And I thought, back then, we were doing WordPress.com blogs. And so I said, oh, well, let me follow this blog, not really knowing what I was doing. 
So I'm there trying to follow and I'm filling out this form and lo and behold, I wasn't following the blog. I was signing up for my own blog. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Yeah. Cause like I said, I knew nothing about RSS feeds or any of that stuff. So I was like, okay, I got a blog now. (laughs) Let me just start writing. And and that's what I did. I just started writing about a little bit of anything and everything. I just really wanted to test the waters. And then I started a blog over on Blogger. And then as I started trying to do different things with my blog, I realized that there wasn't one central place to get tutorials for blogging. So I kind of started writing my own tutorials to remember some of the stuff that I learned, but also to make it easier so other people wouldn't have to jump through hoops like I did to look for tutorials. And so when I eventually decided that I would migrate and get a a self-hosted WordPress blog, it seemed like it just came to me out of the blue that I should just call the blog Basic Blog Tips. And that that just turned out to be really wonderful because, you know, people search and search for domain names. And (laughs) for me, it just fell into my lap. And um, since then, it's just gone in the, you know, I've just had a lot of success with basic blog tips. I really love it. So you started basic blog tips in what year? 2010. Okay. So in three years or so, it now has multiple authors to it. Uh, how big is your team of contributing authors? Are they all guest posts? There are guest posts, but I do have a few, maybe about a dozen people that guest post regularly. But overall, I have over 100 guest authors that have contributed to Basic Blog Tips. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and the, the site, basicblogtips.com, is just a wealth of information there. I, I love what well, your titles alone are great titles, and the content is fantastic, and you link to everything, and you really review things that bloggers need to know about, and a lot of it applies to podcasters as well. Yes, we have, in fact, we've even had a few podcasters as uh, guest authors like Ryan Handley from Content Warfare Podcast and Rebecca Livermore from a Professional Content Podcast. And so we've covered social media as well as YouTube as, you know, in addition to all the blogging tips as well. And you host your own podcast over at MissEileenSpeaks.com as well. And what's your podcast about? My podcast is also covering blogging and uh, social media and YouTube. So it's just an extension of the brand. And it also is a place where I'm the only one there. In other words, on my blog, I have all those guest authors. And it's really more of a community or crowdsourced a blog, all the content there, whereas in contrast, Miss Eileen Speaks is just me. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to kind of keep the two separate, even though every now and then I will throw one of my podcasts over there on basic blog tips if it's relevant. So let's get into the meat of our conversation 
Podcasters are known for often coming from a background of blogging, and there are many talks and presentations out there about why bloggers should podcast and why podcasting is the next wave of things for bloggers and all of this stuff about stepping up to podcasting. But I want to look at this the other way around because we also have this other generation of people who start out podcasting and that's all they post on their website are podcast episodes. Do you think podcasters should also blog? And tell me what your thoughts are on why. Well, I absolutely think that podcasters should blog. And one of the primary reasons is discoverability. I mean, on the internet, you have so much competition. And when you're talking about iTunes, it's uh, more difficult to stand out and be on the front page of iTunes and let's say your new and noteworthy section or uh, to really grow a following from scratch. Whereas with a blog, it gives you a lot more opportunity, mainly because the written word is much easier for Google to scan and it gives you more chances for visibility with the search engines. So on one hand, you have iTunes when you're just podcasting and you may have the most fantastic content, but if no one ever takes the time to listen to that content or play one of your episodes, and if you don't get top ranking over on iTunes, it will be harder for you to get discovered. Whereas on the other hand, with blogging, people can easily scan They can see what your content is about, especially if you're uh, using good practices of having headlines and breaking up your text with images and so forth. It's a much more visual format so people can get more familiar with your content and it gives you a greater chance for visibility in search engines. Not just Google. We also got Bing and Yahoo and all of that. Yeah, I I kind of see that when someone puts a podcast episode out there, they can rank for a few relevant keywords if they're using them in their podcast title, like uh, blogging, for example. If they use blogging in the name of their podcast, they can rank for that. But what you're saying is writing a a blog post on your site as well allows you to reach out to many more keywords and a much broader audience. Yeah, and also I have to say, there is a just a bigger audience for consumption of blog content. In general, a lot of people are totally in the dark, just like I was about RSS feeds and following blogs back in 2009. <laughs> True, there still are some people that don't know that much about blogs either, but it's really a small subset of the average person that knows about podcasts, knows how to subscribe to podcasts, knows how to find a podcast that they're interested in. In fact, I even heard, uh, I was listening to Rob Walsh. I'm glad he uh, reinvigorated his podcast 411 the other day. And he was saying that he recommended that all podcasters get their own podcast app because people will be searching iTunes looking for apps not even thinking about podcasts, but they may see your podcast because they're searching for material for a specific 
interest that they have or a hobby and they'll see your app. Whereas they may never think to download the podcast app and go looking for podcasts. What do you think about mixing content or delivering content in multiple formats? So if if a podcaster has some content they want to share and they feel like this is amazing content, I really want to share this, they they could face this decision of should I write it as a blog post or should I share it in a podcast episode? What do you think about that conflict? <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's a great question. Well, first, I want to say that when you're talking about delivering content in different formats, that's like what I do. (laughs) Because I have, you know, I have my YouTube channel, which is also Miss Eileen Speaks. I'm also doing SlideShare presentations, you know, the podcast, the blog. So I think that as much as we can, we should be in as many of those areas as we can to produce content. But when it comes down to making a choice of which way to go, I think there's just certain material that lends itself to video more so. And uh, when it comes to a blog post versus an audio podcast, I'm I just think it's what's ever easier for you. If it's easier for you to just pull out that mic and start talking rather than trying to write it all out, I think you should go ahead and do it as a podcast or use that format because then you can always transcribe it or have it transcribed later. Now, speaking of transcribing, what do you think of when a podcaster uses the transcription of their podcast for a blog post? Do you think that's effective? Well, I have to be honest. I haven't done much of it. All the transcribing that I've done has been my own effort. The people that I see that are very successful with doing this, and I'll give you a good example James Shramko, he has a couple of podcasts of Super Fast Business. He's on Freedom Ocean with Tim Reed. He's also on Think, Act, Get with Ezra Firestone. But he has a team of people, and he just gives it to his team, and his team transcribes it all. Now, unfortunately, most of us podcasters don't have that liberty (laughs) of having someone just sitting there waiting to transcribe our podcast. So I'd say if you can do it, sure, go right ahead. Because like I mentioned earlier, the search engines will be able to scan the written word much easier than they can scan your audio. In fact, they can't even scan your audio. So as much of that content that you can get in writing on your blog, the better. Now, most of us are probably just doing summaries. And I think that's great. I just think I'd like to see a little more uh, content being written, like maybe two or three paragraphs, not just bullet points to say, we talked about this, 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 and this. And that's You know, Google is not going to look that kindly on it. They want to see a little bit more of the content developed. And it doesn't have to be word for word what you said. It all depends, like I said, what's easier for you. 
Don't put up barriers for yourself. If it's easier for you to go on Fiverr and get somebody to transcribe your podcast for you, then do it. But if you don't feel like being bothered with Fiverr and you have some additional material, and this is what I do. I usually have some additional material that I didn't say during the podcast or it just didn't lend itself to audio. So I put it in writing along with the rest of the description of of what was said in the podcast. See, I often feel like I'm doing it the other way around, that when I write my show notes for the Audacity to Podcast, I write it almost like a blog post and trying to keep it concise, use fewer words, be simple. And then in the podcast episode, the audio that I'm recording, I feel like that's where I get into more detail and expand on things. So that way, when people visit the show notes, they can easily read through it quickly, but they listen to get all of the obnoxious details sometimes. You know what? Uh, You bring up an excellent point, Daniel, because that's another thing that you need to keep into consideration. The length of your podcast. Your podcast usually runs an hour. I'd never go an hour. So if I'm going 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it's okay for me to go into a little bit more detail or add the things that I left out in the blog post. But if you're going for an hour, you pretty much probably covered everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you didn't leave much to the imagination there. And even with a transcript, I think that would go, that would be kind of long. But if you have somebody to do it for you, then that would be the way to go. But in your case, yeah, I think it makes more sense to kind of pare it down but just don't pare it down too much where it's just bullet points. And I, I know you don't do that, but I see a lot of podcasters do that. They just have a bulleted list. Like these are the six things we talked about and that's it, you know? And it's like, you, you need to have a little more, put a couple of paragraphs in there. At least, you know, like for this one, you would say today I interviewed Eileen Smith from basic blog tips. She talked about this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that it's not just like bullet points where, um, it would be okay for the reader to look at that and know what you were talking about. But the search engines aren't going to get much more out of that. And then they're also going to look at your content and think of it as being thin. So you're basically recommending write a, a blog post as your show notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love that. And the the idea of the search engine with this as well and the quality of the content makes me wonder about the transcription service. And this question came in from Biagio asking, is the transcript itself helpful for search engine optimization or is it just too many words that aren't tightly focused enough? No, I think it's fine. I think the transcript is is fine for the search engines. Yep. because you're going to be talking about your topic. Now, if you're talking about, you're rambling on and you're talking about what you have for dinner, and you may want to leave that out of the transcript. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're saying basically, and this kind of answers one of uh, the other questions that Biagio sent, is basically cut out that fluff or the introduction, make it a little bit tighter, but you might not necessarily have to rewrite the whole thing. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, you want to have some personality there, but you don't want to get bogged down in some of the things that um, I know uh, 
Dave Jackson had that conversation on his blog uh, and on his podcast, I'm sorry, about um, people that talk and have that fluff <laughs> at the beginnings of their shows and whether or not people like that. And of course, most people said they didn't, but then some said they did and they love that. But if you're just getting into too much details about, you know, your family and all that, and it's not relevant to the topic, then I would just leave that out. I would just make a little summary to say, we talked about our trip to San Francisco and then, you know, move on into the part. Remember your search engine, what you're trying to attract are those keywords of the topic. Like, for instance, today we're talking about blogging and podcasting. So prior to turning on the recording, we were talking about the birds chirping in my back background. We don't need to write about the birds <laughs> chirping. <laughs> okay? Even though that would be part of the transcript, you just don't want to go on and, and waste too much of that you don't want to confuse the search engines. People that are listening won't be confused. But a search engine is going to say, what are they talking about? Birds or blogging? Hmm. Yeah. So moving away from show notes then, when we're looking at a podcast that or a podcaster that should also start doing some blog posts separate from their podcast episodes, what do you think would be some steps that they could follow to start blogging? If they're already podcasting, they already have their website, but all they're posting to their website are podcast episodes. What can they do to start blogging? Well, it's it's something that they probably should be doing already anyhow. The topic that they're focusing on in their podcast, they should be doing something that's called content curation. And it's much simpler when it's done using a tool. A lot of people were using, you know, the RSS feeds from a Google Reader, which of course we know that's going away and they've been looking for alternatives. But one thing that I like to use is a tool called Scoop It. It's becoming very popular and you get to scour the web looking for a specific topic. You can also do this by searching through Google+. So as you're collecting articles, you can put your own twist on those articles. And you'd write a little um, blog post that would be, you know, this was the conversation about um, see the new CDs that are coming out this week. Let's just say you had a music podcast. And then you would you know, find out what all the popular sites are saying about the CDs. And then you can summarize that and also add your own take to that. So that will be a way to get started when you totally just don't know what you want to blog about. Then as that as time goes on, you will start to uh, discover your own topics that you want to blog about that will be separate from your podcast or that you want to include to augment the show notes from your podcast. That comes back to, I think, a thing I often face in my own podcast, the Audacity podcast. I feel like, well, here's some great content that I want to approach, but then I face that same decision again of, should I put it 
as just a blog post or should I do it as a podcast episode with the blog post show notes? And one thing that's kind of helped me a little bit is thinking about the urgency of it. Because I release my podcast episodes on a fairly consistent schedule, Monday evenings usually. And if I find something on a Thursday or Friday that I feel like this needs to get out there right now, then a blog post is often better for that. So I don't have to save it until next Monday when it might be forgotten. That's an excellent idea. I think that's also another way that people could, you know, augment their show with the blog posts. Another thing that you can do, and I know that most podcasters are doing this already, and that's having that speak pipe widget or some kind of way to get feedback from your audience. So you would recommend some kind of direct feedback, even if someone is only blogging, because I know I have just bloggers listening who don't have a podcast yet. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you know, traditionally we have the contact page on our blogs and I, in my case, and this won't apply to everybody, but I just want to tell you guys this little story. I had to take my contact page down. You know, I actually, I still have a page that says contact page, but it has a speak pipe widget there. And one reason, as I mentioned before, is because of the number of guest bloggers that I've had. My blog has become very popular for guest blogging and people included on all their lists of these are the top 10 blogs to, you know, guest post on. But my goal with my blog has always been for the community of bloggers. So most of the guest posts, and I would say probably 90% are from bloggers. And when you have all these SEO agencies contacting you, yes, my client wants to write an article on your blog or, you know, I don't want to be bothered with those people. So I took down my contact page because I was just getting bombarded with this in my inbox every day. And now that I have SpeakPipe, that's like an excellent way for me to vet Hmm. my guest authors because those SEO people, they're not going to leave a message on SpeakPipe. Yeah, they can't quite (laughs) copy and paste a message to you that they sent from the last person. Exactly. And it also gives me a chance to see, can this person speak well enough that they probably could write a good article? Hmm. And so... For me, SpeakPipe is invaluable. When they moved to a paid option, I was like one of the first people to sign up. I was like, I love my SpeakPipe. <laughs> so, for, you know, most people, like I said, they won't be faced with this issue. They they really want people to contact them through their contact page. And that's what I would recommend that bloggers also give people another option, just like we were talking about the different options of content. Give people the chance to leave you a voicemail on the SpeakPipe widget because they have a free version. And it's just a little piece of code. And they also have a plug-in. But I I prefer just to have it on my contact page. I don't have it on every page of my blog. But it's up to you. It's definitely a personal choice of of your aesthetics. And I know that I'm getting a lot of traffic to my contact page. And as soon as people read that thing that says – Oh, I'm having problems with my contact form. But the little secret between you and I, the problem was there was too many people using it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I, that's why I have the speak pipe there. So that is an excellent way to get material for your your blog, your podcast, or whatever, because people also will leave you questions. You know, people may come to your blog and they may, I hate to use the word lurkers, but they may be timid. They don't want to write out a comment or ask a question, but when they know that, okay, if I leave this, only Eileen is going to hear it or only Daniel is going to hear this message then they may be a little bit more uh, ready and comfortable with leaving that message for you. And that's how you, you start to see a pattern. Well, everybody's asking me, like for me, I never wanted to write on my blog about making money, but I can't help it. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people want to know, how do I monetize my blog? And so I've had a lot of guest authors that wrote about it, and I even wrote about it a couple of times myself because it's just what the people want. So, you know, that old song, you got to give the people, give the people what they want. <laughs> and the, the question and answer format, I think, is also great because if a blogger or a podcaster rather allows themselves to be contactable, then if that's even a word, then they will receive those questions. And answering those questions can often be such a short little thing, a paragraph or so, that you might just email to them. So like you're saying, why not just take that, change a few words here and there, turn it into a blog post? Because then other people, that I think that provides huge SEO benefit because other people might be typing in that same question into Google or search engines, and then they find your website where you answered that question very succinctly and you wouldn't want to release a podcast episode that's just two minutes long answering the question if you normally have a 45-minute podcast. Right. Absolutely. And that is definitely, like you said, it works hand-in-hand hand with that SEO because people that are asking you that question, and and it not necessarily on SpeakPipe, it could be, you know, the Google Plus communities mm-hmm. or on your Facebook page or or whatever, then you also... The other good thing about that, it also gives you an opportunity to now talk about your Google Plus community or talk about your Facebook page. Because when you're answering that question, you're letting people know, yeah, I got this question in on my Facebook page, you know. <laughs> and so then that lets people say, oh, I can post questions on a Facebook page. Okay. <laughs> so. And and one thing I would advise podcasters out there, a caution on this is either get the person's permission if they emailed you directly or contacted you directly, or else have some kind of statement on the website where they have to click to agree that if they send you this feedback that you're allowed to use it on a blog post. I think that just helps cover some bases. Yeah, that's a great caution. I remember when you had uh, Gordon Firemark on talking about those kinds of things. You have to get people's permissions. Yeah, and SpeakPipe, by the way, just in case anyone doesn't know, it's that awesome little button or widget or sidebar that allows you to record an audio message through your computer or even now an iOS device from the website. So you get audio feedback that way, and it can be delivered directly to your email. And I've got uh, more information about that over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash speakpipe. Now, Eileen, you'd mentioned 
uh, making money from blogging. And do you think that podcasters can, or how do you see that podcasters can maybe increase their revenue generating options by also blogging on their site? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the best way to do that is if you have some type of product or something that you're selling. But I'm going to assume that you guys don't, because I don't. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> so affiliate marketing would be the probably your next best bet. So that way, no matter what niche or niche you're in, you can find affiliate products and, of course, recommend products that you've tried yourself or that you've used yourself and that you've had good experiences with. And then you can talk about those products, review them, you know, uh, join their affiliate programs. ClickBank has a good one. Uh, one that I've been very successful with is a plugin that I use called SEO Presser. I've done so great with selling that particular affiliate product that the guy who's the developer, Daniel Tan, he's constantly linking to my blog. He tells people he's in forums saying, go check out Eileen's <laughs> review because I did a review and I did a video to show people how to set up the plugin. And that was like a half an hour video. And then I put timestamps in the video so people could just go to the part where they would actually, you know, see the point where they were having problems with the setup. And so those kinds of things, you develop those relationships with your uh, developers and the people who are selling the products. That's a great way to monetize either one, your blog or your podcast. And then that sounds like something that you could easily refer people back to from your podcast or from future blog posts. Absolutely. And then like we were talking earlier about the repurposing of the content, you know, you want to do a video or you want to do a, a report or a SlideShare presentation or some type of a PDF guide, anything to go along with it so that it all is one package and people look at you as the resource and they know that you have expertise in dealing with a certain topic. Now, for example, with me, with guest blogging, I know that even though some people do have guest bloggers on their blog, they do it every now and then, but that's an area where I have a lot of expertise because I've, like I said, I've dealt with over a hundred guest bloggers, you know, so I do a lot of editing. I do a lot of back and forth. So it only made sense for me to have a podcast talking about you know, how to do that right, how to find guest bloggers, how to vet your guest bloggers, and all of that. So then I did a presentation for SlideShare with that. So, you, you know, you kind of try to tie all of that stuff in together. And now, you know, when people say, oh, Eileen, she's got this fantastic blog, and she's got all these guest bloggers, you know, everybody knows Basically, if you've heard of my blog before, you know, and you probably know that I have a YouTube channel and more than likely, you know that I have a podcast. So these things all work together. 
So it also sounds like you're taking advantage of, and maybe you would recommend this for podcasters, to be open to some guest blog posts on their site. Uh, Even if the podcaster isn't always able to write blog posts themselves, some guest posts can help contribute extra content to their podcast site. Absolutely. Um, I just think that you, you have to do it cautiously. I would I wouldn't just step out there and make an announcement. Hey, I'm accepting guest posts. Start off with your friends first, people that you know or people that you feel confident with, because there's all, there are some pitfalls to having guest bloggers, especially if you don't know them. So start off with the people that you know and that you trust that are already in your circle. You may even have other podcasters that, you know, not just want to come on and do interviews like Daniel and I are doing now, but they may also want to contribute a guest post. Is there a certain ideal length to a blog post? I don't think so. I think that as long as you are covering the topic and giving a thorough enough answer and Here's one thing that I always do. I always leave a little teeny bit out because stands to reason that it's going to come up in the comments. Now, if you get a lot of comments on your blog, then that's when you say, oh, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> and then that's when you can include that. But I, I would think you want to have at least a couple of hundred words, like 200 words. But other than that, you could, you know, sometimes those really, really long blog posts People don't bother with them. They just scan them. So you kind of have to know your audience on that and what they can tolerate. Same way like with the podcasting. You know that your audience is fine with an hour-long show. You know, I think it's the same way with blogging. You'll find out. You'll get feedback from people, and they'll say, hmm, that article was kind of long. I didn't read the whole thing. Or you can tell by the comments that they leave. They didn't read that whole post, you know, because they asked a question that you clearly answered on the fifth paragraph, you know. So you you kind of, you know, do a little testing, but you want to at least have a couple hundred words. I wouldn't do much shorter than that. Now, I know a lot of podcasters out there intentionally podcast because they feel like they're not that great at writing, but... For someone who wants to get into writing and take advantage of all of these benefits of also blogging with their podcast, uh, Miss Eileen, what are some ways that you think a podcaster can simplify their process in order to make it easier to write blog posts? And uh, maybe if they're afraid of writing, what are some ways that they can jump in easily? (laughs) Well, first of all, just do what you did before you started podcasting. Take a deep breath and relax. (laughs) You know, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. If you can talk, then you can write. The writing will flow. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, just write what you think. If you're not sure about the grammar or something like that, maybe you can have a friend help you or look it over before you publish it. But for the most part, I think you'll be just fine if you just relax and you can write just like you talk. We shouldn't be afraid to jump into those waters, even though uh, we may see these people writing massive blog posts with all of these links and pictures and stuff are just like we see that with podcasts. Not every blog post has to be that epic award winning book 
but it can be something simple. That's right. And just like you evolved as a podcaster, you will evolve as a blogger. If you don't start, you'll never evolve. I go back to that blog that I started back in 2009, and sometimes I laugh at some of the things that I wrote, (laughs) but I will not ever change it because that shows, that's like history. That shows this is how I started, and now this is where I am now. So don't be afraid. Just go for it. Awesome. Let us know, uh, Miss Eileen, where people can find you and follow you and get all your great content and learn more about how to blog successfully. Daniel, one thing that I want people to do is sign up for my email list because I give all kinds of exclusives to my subscribers. So you can do that at basicblogtips.com slash emails. And of course, visit my blog, my YouTube channel, and my podcast have the same name, and that's Miss Eileen Speaks. Awesome. Miss Eileen, thank you so much. This conversation has been great, and I hope many of the podcasters out there will get into blogging more often and check out your site, basicblogtips.com, for more help on doing that. Yeah, and sure, leave me a voicemail. If you're a podcaster and you don't want to read any of my blog posts, just leave me a voicemail. <laughs> Over on SpeakPipe. That's great. Well, Miss Eileen, this information has been really helpful and uh, really inspiring me also to get back into writing more blog posts, even the short ones. So thank you so much for all of this information, Miss Eileen. Great talking to you. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed and benefited from this conversation as much as I did. I, I found great inspiration from this to get back into writing some blog posts. Even like I receive emails from you guys a lot asking simple questions, but they're questions I haven't answered on my website. And I just feel so inspired after this to take more of those questions that I receive via email or voicemail and such that may not fit inside of a podcast episode, but to take those and turn those into miniature blog posts. I can just simply write the question, include the person's question and the link to their website, and then write my answer, maybe even give a short little video. That kind of stuff would be great to stick on my website and help in all of these things that Miss Eileen had talked about. So I really encourage you, go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 129 to get this information that we shared and the links that we mentioned in this discussion. And also sign up for Miss Eileen's email list and get her blog at basicblogtips.com. And you can follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her podcast and all of that. And I have all those links in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 129. Huge thanks to Miss Eileen for joining us for this conversation. I really think it was helpful and I hope it will help you as well. Now, if you need help getting your podcast started, then I'm available for one-on-one consulting, and I would love to help you podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue, and podcast your way to success. Please check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting if you'd like to schedule some one-on-one consulting, and I would love to work with you. And also check out my new subscribe and follow plugin for WordPress. A lot of people are ordering it and using it and loving it. I even got some great reviews in from uh, some fellow podcasters who podcast about podcasting. And we've got some awesome updates coming out for it. Hint, hint, sortable icons and some much more 
uh, cool stuff coming for it. So check that out at subscribeandfollow.com. And if you sign up for my email newsletter, I occasionally send out a coupon code for my subscribe and follow plugin. So you can subscribe to that and get everything there, all the ways to connect, to connect with me at theaudacitypodcast.com. Big thanks to everyone for subscribing and listening and reviewing in iTunes. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast or leave a rating and review in iTunes, then please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes and also subscribe to my separate video edition of the podcast where I share different content that I often can't share in the audio edition or in a blog post, but I show you certain things over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video or on YouTube at theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube. If you have questions or comments or feedback for future episodes of The Audacity to Podcast, please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. And you can also go to theaudacitypodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right there through the website. I'd love to know from you your tips on blogging if you already have a podcast and what's your experience been and how do you think blogging helps podcasters. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 129. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcast to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.